Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Four Checking TV. I'm your host, Doug Gladke. Alongside me is my co-host, Scotty Porterfield, and my other co-host, Peyton Trollinger. And tonight we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Neil Villapiano of the Devil State of Mind podcast of the Hockey Podcast Network. Neil, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thank, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, uh, it, it's interesting how you got my last name right, like right on the first try, because usually people say it wrong or they asked me several times beforehand if uh if they said it wrong but you you, you nailed it 100 percent um but yeah I'm, I'm good uh you know it's it's the second week of September you know uh at least from the devil's perspective we have uh a prospect tournament coming up this week so it's just great that we are we're actually gonna have hockey and we're like about two weeks away from our first uh you know preseason game and you know, there, there isn't much else to really say. I'm just looking forward to the season just getting underway. Yeah, I mean, we're all excited over here, um, getting ready for the season to start. You know, right now, like, we're kind of, like, in a dead space, like, waiting for stuff to happen, um, especially on right. the Penguins' end. Like, everything's so bleak. Everything's, like, Crosby and Malkin are injured. Jeff Carter's your first-line center. Everything sucks. <laughs> Brian Boyle's making your roster for some reason. Like, that's just where we're at. I don't want to talk about any of that tonight because it'll make me want to just sit in a corner and cry. So we're going to, we're going to talk about team Canada and team USA. I don't know what it is, guys. I am like obsessed with the Olympic hockey thing going on this year with the NHL players going back. Like I'm super fired up about it. Um, I've already talked with several people about the uh, principle of taking PTO time from work during the winter Olympics, because I will wake up at three 30 in the morning and watch Slovakia play Slovenia. I don't care. I will do it. So yeah, we're going to get into this. Um, you know, team USA, actually, we're going to talk about team Canada first, cause it's going to set something set, set, set something else up on my end, at least team Canada is loaded. Um, what people don't know is Peyton and I spent at least two and a half hours on the phone uh, trying to set concrete lines for Team USA. We started <laughs> at around 4.30 with um, just like kicking it around. We started kicking it around at 4.30 with Jonathan Huberdeau on the top line, and we ended it with Jonathan Huberdeau mm. on the fourth line. So mm. everything is all <laughs> over the place. Um I'll just start with my team first, and then we'll just go around the around the horn. Neil, you can. Um, I want I want to have like your thoughts after each of us go through our team and things of that nature. Yeah, but um, yep. my team Canada is the top line is Stamkos, McDavid, McKinnon. Second line would be Marshan, Crosby, and Bergeron. Third line is Mark Shifley, Ryan O'Reilly, and Braden Point. And then you're going to have a shutdown fourth line that consists of Jonathan Huberdeau, Sean Couturier, and Mark Stone. And remember, you start you in international play, you do 13 skaters in 7D. Mitch Marner is my 13th mm -hmm. guy. On defense, you got Shea Theodore and Kale McCarr, Thomas Shabbat and Alex Petrangelo, Morgan Riley and Dougie Hamilton's your third pair. Aaron Ekblad is your seven. In goal, you have Carey Price and Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, your extras are one of John Tavares or Matt Barzell, oh. Darcy Kemper, or 
And my extra D, um, I have down Bo and Byron. Hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, am I supposed to make comment to that? Because I, I didn't know if like, if I was supposed to jump in or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, really, just like, what do you think in, in terms of that roster? I mean, it's so loaded on paper. I mean, th there's nothing that Team Canada uh, can do that's that's a wrong decision. Um, mm -hmm. I think that when you look at when you look at the options that they have, I mean, this is probably the deepest team that they've had in a long time. I mean, and you're talking about the last time the NHL players were involved, Team Canada did go all the way and win the gold medal. So it's very easy to assume that they are going to be massive favorites going into 2022. Um, and again, talking about the, the names that you just you just mentioned, and there's still a boatload of names that are not mentioned that are going to be left off this, that, that if you made, you can make a second whole team of still Canadian players, and that would still be more talented than some of the countries that are actually going to be in the Olympics with their first team. So, I mean, the only thing that I feel like, you know, when, when I look at this, I, I feel like, I feel like Jonathan Huberdeau is kind of, no, I wouldn't say hit or miss. I think he's like borderline either he's going to get on the top four, one of the top four lines, or he's going to be an extra. Like it's really, I think it actually really depends on how he performs during this season. I think mm -hmm. if he can come out with the Panthers, with how talented the Panthers are and how much expectations are on them, if he can come out and actually have like a really good campaign and really show his stuff, I think that will give him the nod to get an opportunity to be on one of those four lines. Um, I mean, I think he's going to make the team regardless. It's just a matter of does he make it on the third or fourth line or does he make it as an extra? Um, as far as as far as far um, defensive pairing, I mean, I do believe that Dougie Hamilton will make the team. I think that he's I, – I think that this year in particular, considering he's coming to New Jersey, he's now, you know, one of our main guys. He's going to have to come out and perform. And I think that that's going to be a high expectation of him, and that's going to be where he's going to be able to, um, you know, showcase what he can do. With Mackenzie Blackwood, it's really tough to say whether or not he's going to get that opportunity to actually be with this team because mm -hmm. he's right now slowly approaching the prime of his career. And the, and the book is still out on Mackenzie Blackwood because he's kind of gone up and down. And granted, it's not fully on him. It's also the lack of defensive help and, and obviously the lack of having a decent backup goaltender to give him time off to rest. Uh, this year is a good year, just like with Jonathan Huberdeau. It's a good year to kind of figure out if Mackenzie Blackwood is as good as, you know, people have said that he is. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, when you look at it, I, I think Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury, in my opinion, are the top two guys. I think then the big question is, who is that third goaltender? And I think you're going to have a three-way battle between um, – you're going to have Darcy Kemper, Mackenzie Blackwood, and Carter Hart. Because I think Carter Hart is still, despite obviously how bad his season was last year, and it was pretty, pretty bad. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to come out just like Blackwood with a better defense in front of him and, a, you know, a new season to kind of, you know, in a regular, regular season, 82 games uh, to go from there. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, the one, one guy that I think could be, the biggest surprise that not only do I think he makes the team, but I think he finishes it as a top four defenseman is Thomas Shabbat. I think Shabbat is actually a lot better than people know because, you know, he plays in Ottawa. 
And Ottawa right now is still in that situation where are they still in a rebuild or is it now the first year of let's try to make some noise? I think they're still one year away from doing that. Um, but Thomas Shabbat is by far, in my opinion, the best player on that team. Um, and I, I mean, you know, you still have Stutzla as well, but Stutzla is still very, very young. And this is the first full season that he's going to have in his career. And, you know, we got to see how it goes from there. But Thomas Shabbat, to me, is the best player on the Ottawa Senators. And I think he actually is not only going to make a run at making this team, but making a good run at being a top four um, pairing. But again, to kind of wrap this whole thing up, really Team Canada can do no wrong here. There's really nothing that they can do that's going to, I mean, if they leave off somebody like a Sean Couturier, it may not necessarily be like if you replace Sean Couturier with a Matt Barzell, I don't think a whole lot of people other than obviously flyer fans are really going to be totally like against it. Yeah. They're playing with house money. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Yeah. Like if any guy in the bottom six that I have listed doesn't make it and they're replaced by somebody different, it's not going to be the end of the world, except for, for like you said, the, the guy fans of, the team that the guy the respective guy would play for that didn't make the cut. But um right. I mean, I think the defense, like there's really not a whole lot of debate in the top six of like, who's, mm-hmm. who's going to be in it. It's just like, where do you pair them? You know, I think that that's your concrete top six. Um mm-hmm. Sorry, Drew Doughty, but I don't think there's any way you make team Canada. Um, You know, there's a, like, there's so many guys from like, Obviously, it's been eight years, but like some of these guys are still really, really talented players eight years later. Like, you know, Jonathan Taves isn't going to make it. There's a very high chance John Tavares doesn't make it um, as well. You know, Drew Doughty, Brent Burns, both definitely not going to make it with how good the defensemen, with how much... And even P.K. Subban to a lesser extent. I mean, yes. he's going to get – I mean, we got to call it like it is. He's going to get consideration. Despite, exactly. obviously, that he's been really bad the last two years defensively, he's going to get He's going to get a look. They're going to think about it. They may not mm-hmm. think about it a lot, but they will think about it. Exactly. Like they – some of these guys, they have that reputation built up so much to the point that they will be given the benefit of the doubt and be given – at least a look, if not an opportunity. So, all right, Scotty, we're going to move on to you. Uh, Let's, let's do this team Canada roster, buddy. So I'm not buying in on, on Steven Stamkos as much as you guys are. Like, I don't even think he makes team Canada. And I mean, I may be a hot take, but to me, I don't think he even, he's not even on my roster at all. Hmm. So I have Huberto with McDavid and point on the first line. Of course, we got to keep Marshan, Crosby, and Bergeron together. I have Bo Horvat on the third line with Nate McKinnon and Mitch Marner. And then on the fourth, I have Sean Couturier with Ryan O'Reilly and Mark Stone. And Barzell and Tavares are going to be your extra forwards. On the back end, I have, we have Theodore and Petrangelo on the first line. I know we had this discussion last uh, last episode about Jacob Chitron and, you know, where he's going to end up playing at. Right. He's play for Canada, and they're going to pair him with McCarr. And mm. I have Morgan Riley on here because – I just saw something today about, you know, he hasn't, I guess he got injured in a scrimmage or something. So. Yeah, there was a scrimmage earlier today and he came up limping pretty bad. So, um, and obviously we don't know anything because in the hockey world, you, we just don't get told anything. So we may not know for a while what his issue is. So, 
either way, I didn't have him making Team Canada. I was going to go with uh, Adam Pellich on that third pairing with Dougie Hamilton. And then my two extras were uh, Darnell Nurse and Mackenzie Weaker. Like we said before mm. the recording, I think, you know, based on what I saw last year, just in terms of Florida, I think Weaker kind of leapfrogged over Aaron Ekblad in a sense. You know, you saw how Ekblad went down with that injury, and that was a huge loss because he was playing great up until that point. And then Mackenzie Weaker steps in, and it's just like, you know, ho-hum. Honestly, he really just, just sort of took over yeah. for Florida. And I, that, you know, should he deliver again this year? Name should definitely be in consideration for Team Canada. Yeah. And between the pipes, uh, I think is I'm going to go with uh, Price, and I can't see him uh, snubbing Mark Andre Fleury after the uh, after the Vesna. They're gonna that's going to be fresh in people's minds, and I think they're going to consider putting him on at least in a backup role. And for the third goalie, you know, Peyton brought up earlier he about uh, Darcy Kemper. Look, I'm thinking about it now, and that does make perfect sense. So I'd say if you do want to have a third goalie, there it would be uh, Darcy Kemper. So. A little bit uh, different from what uh, Dougie suggested there, but the main difference to me, obviously, is uh, is Stamkos not making it and Shifley not either. It's like we said before, you know, with those bottom six guys, everyone's interchangeable. And to me, I see, you know, Ryan O'Reilly being more of a better two-way option as, as opposed to Mark Shifley. Mm-hmm. And, but with Stamkos, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he on the team in 2014? He was. He was, yeah, he was. okay. He was. So he does Actually, have that. I think he was on the top six in 2014. So he does have that experience as opposed to Huberdeau, but uh, I don't know. I just have a better feeling about uh, like a, a Bo Horvat in a sense. I feel like, you know, if you could, you know, would it be nice to plug in Stamkos on a left wing and have that one timer open, you know, even on even straight mm-hmm. and on the power play? Yeah, sure. But I feel like Bo Horvat could just as easily yeah. uh, be a contributing factor on Team Canada, maybe more so than Stamkos. Because another thing we got to remember too, Stamkos is interesting. You know, there's no guarantee he makes it to Fed, you know, when, when February rolls around, if he's going to be available or not. So realistically, just thinking out loud, I think that would be the right way of going about it. Thanks. I mean, I could, it's, it's weird because like with Stamkos, see the whole thing for me, when I look at team Canada is that I, I feel like they go one of two options. They either decide we need to go with the new generation of players and we're going to go more youth, um, you know, with, with Team USA, I don't think they have much of a choice in the matter. But with Team Canada, they have two options. It's either we go re- not really young, but, you know, a lot of inexperienced international players. A, you know, mainly guys that haven't played in the Olympics before. Um, or they go more of a veteran-like balance. Um, and I can definitely see, Scotty, like where you look at the Steven Stamkos possibly not even make the team. Yeah, it's very well possible. Same thing with, you mentioned, Jonathan Taze as well. Jonathan Taze... Um, probably he's not even going to make it. Even if he's having a good year, they may still be like, no, like we're not going to do that. Um, I don't know. Are, do they have like tryouts for this or not really? They don't have like a, they don't have like tryouts to like kind of figure it out. Right. They kind of just like, they make the roster and then that's about it. I think that's usually how it goes. Yeah. Right. Cause they have to have the roster in by, I think what the first week of February, or the last week of January was something they have to have the roster settled like two weeks before the Olympics. Like it's in past years, like they would announce like Team USA's roster during the Winter Classic. So I have a okay. feeling it's like like last week of December, first week of January, somewhere in there. Right. So I think just with everybody, a lot of the guys that we're not sure about that are on the bubble, it's all going to be about how they're performing when the season starts. If they're showing promise that, okay, they're, re- they're doing really well, do we want to go with the hot hand? Or, you know, is this guy not performing? And that's why, again, like, 
a guy like Jonathan Huberdell, he might get left out depending on how he plays this year. Same thing with Stamkos. Stamkos might struggle right from the get-go and, and, team, and team Canada goes, even though it's tempting to have him, is he going to fit in with everybody else? And there's a lot of chemistry that needs to be made. Because, I mean, there are guys from 2014 that are going to be on this team. But how many? That's the big question. And if it's going to be less than like six or seven, you're not going to have a whole lot of time to build chemistry. But it's still Team Canada, and they're still going to figure it out. But chemistry is so vital, particularly in the Olympics, because you have so little time. Um, Does Team Canada want to do that? And also with the goal scoring that they already have, you know, with the likes of guys like, you know, Nathan McKinnon, um, Mark Stone, Braden Point, they may look at, they may look at Stamkos and say, we have enough and we're okay. But it just, you know, and also there's the potential that there might be players that get invited or get at, get called and they say no for reasons. Because from what I read from a New York Times article like two weeks ago, talking about how the Winter Olympics is going to be. If you remember watching the Summer Olympics and how the the uh, Olympic, um, what do they call it? The Olympic Village. Mm-hmm. It's going to be even more constraint in Beijing than it was um, in the Summer Olympics. Do NHL players want to go to a bubble again for two weeks? That's a question because a lot of these guys were in that bubble and some of them were in it for a considerable amount of time. Do they want to go down that road again? I think that's a possibility as well. But I think Stamkos is definitely 50-50. I, I, I can see, Scotty, where you, you could have him not, um, not in the lineup, not on the team at all. All right, Peyton, go ahead. Before you start, I want to just say something. Um, I was thinking about this. I wanted to put Anthony Sorelli in this so incredibly bad but I could not like, I just couldn't make it work because my big thing is, is like, you know what you'll, you'll see how I constructed my fourth lines. I wanted that like stout defensive shutdown type fourth line. And I feel like Sorelli would fit that perfectly. It's just who's going to be left off and how like out of the ordinary is it going to be for him to be there? You know, are you going to explain that? Yeah. How are you going to justify it? He can't be a he can't be a guy that hops over like a like one of them like a Ryan O'Reilly or someone like that or a you know, you know who else might make the roster that might be kind of crazy if if Zach Hyman develops good chemistry to start the year with Connor McDavid I think Ooh. there is a very very high chance that he makes Team Canada very similar to how Chris Kunitz went in 2014 with Sid. Ooh. Kuna timing comparisons are coming back again. Yes, they are. They are. Just so you know, Neil, there was a time where I wanted them to sign Zach Hyman and commit to him for like seven years because he's mm-hmm. literally the closest thing you're ever going to get to Chris Kunitz. I, I was all for it. I was like, I will watch this man be absolutely atrocious at hockey in 2024 if it means they get another Stanley Cup out of it. Um, I mean – Zach Hyman's a good player, but not at the contract that he was given. Not at all. I'll say that. No. I mean, he gave him the exact uh, – Edmonton gave him the exact same contract they gave Milan Lucic. Yes. If you actually look at the, the Milan Lucic contract and put it next to Zach Hyman, it's literally the same thing. There is no difference. 
except I think maybe Hyman might be getting like $30,000 more. I think that's literally the only difference. So I get it. You know, he can, you know, he's a good player. Um, but I don't know if Mario Lemieux would have been happy giving him a contract like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, you know, Berlansky and Horwat will tell you, I come up with like all this like random stuff and then I talk myself out of it slowly, but, uh, yeah, Peyton, we're going to get on, get on to you. Um, we, you and I have worked on this for literally half the day. I think it's your time to shine, pal. All right. So, um, as the smile it, tells me that he has like controversial like takes here. I like I'm kind of interested to see it's, how this goes. It's gonna be All a right. good one. You're excited. It's without further ado. Here we go. Shifley, McDavid, <laughs> McKinnon. Okay. Shifley on the first line. Shifley on the first line with with the fact that he and McKinnon have beef with one another. Yeah. They'll get I, over I, it. They'll get over it. Okay. I mean, don't be surprised if they have words to say during practice one time. That's... All right. We got them on the second line. You can't break up Marshan, Crosby, and Bergeron. That's a given. Then uh, I had Huberdeau on my first line. But I, I, I dropped – huh? Bergeron on the wing? Yes. Interesting. Yep. Uh, Marshan, Crosby, and Bergeron. Uh, then I – like I said, I had Huberto on the first line, but I bumped him down to the third line. Uh, then I got Huberto, O'Reilly, and Point. Uh, then I have Tavares, Stamkos, and Barzell. I felt very inclined to give Stamkos his own line. I just felt like that was necessary. Um, on defense, uh, like I said, I talked to Doug all day, so I agreed with what he said. Theodore, McCarr, Shabbat, Petrangelo, uh, Riley, and Hamilton. Seventh is Ekblad. In net, I have Carey Price and Darcy Kemper. Your extras. Oh, I didn't say my 13th for the offense. Mitch Marner. Hmm. Uh, my extra for well, just extras, Mark Stone, Josh Morrissey, and Mackenzie Blackwood. I think there is the possibility that Blackwood can make the team as the third goaltender. Whether or not he actually plays is is debatable. Um, I think this is not the year for Blackwood, playing-wise. I think he could make the team, but I think this is that year where, like, Team Canada would want to tell him, like, just watch, just learn, like, learn how we do things. And in 2026, it's going to be your net if you keep performing the way you've been performing. Um, that's because, again, like I said before, Team Canada has two options. You either go with a balance of veterans who have been there before with some of the young talent that you have, or you go full on youth, which I don't feel like that there's a wrong decision here mm -hmm. with doing it one or two ways. The way that you have a constructed pain is kind of like, what I would expect them to do if they want to go more like youth, more. Yeah. I mean, McKinnon and Shifley and McDavid are not young, but they're young. -ish. Yeah. 
they're not like thirty. They're not thirty, but right. I mean, they're, they're not like they're twenty. In the prim, they're in their prime. Yeah, they're the leading. They're the leading dogs. Maybe not Shifley necessarily, but you know, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Hey, now I want to talk about about uh, O'Reilly on the third line. What made you go with him on the third? Well, I mean, if you just look at the center depth of the. Uh, the roster. So, I mean, you're not going to put O'Reilly on the first line to bump off McDavid. You're not taking Crosby off the second line, are you? Nope. Um, and sure. then uh, what's left now is O'Reilly and Stamkos. Like I said earlier with Stamkos, I really just was like, I really needed him to play center again because I feel like the speed of Barzell is really going to show for this Olympic. And, you know, Tavares is just, like, one of those just veterans, like, kind of like what Neil was saying. But, I don't know, I just feel like O'Reilly, like, he's really good. Don't get me wrong. Like, being on the third line is, is no, like, hate towards him whatsoever. Mm. But I feel like if he has those, those wingers of Hubert and Point, like, it's just that line's going to be just beast. Like, it's going – to mess people up it's going to cause a lot of yeah, i really like i i think the o'reilly on that fourth line with uh would you say barzell and tavares i think that could yeah because you figure those two are offensive-minded players mm-hmm. and you have that third center trailing in every time in o'reilly i think that would be like being the third forward in i guess that, that would be great in my mm-hmm. opinion i think Stamkos could easily you know slide up into that third line position and uh play with uh, Hubert and Point because yeah. think about it, him and Point already play together in Tampa. Oh, you know? Yeah, true, true, yeah. Keep those well, and, like, and like you were saying too, you said the whole thing, like the bottom six, it's like interchangeable. It's very interchangeable. Like, I mean, I do actually agree like now that you said that, Scotty, I do I, I do agree with that. Like, you know, Stamkos and Point playing together, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, like you said, they're just really interchangeable. You can't do any wrong here. It's a good problem to have. Very good problem to have. Yeah, I think the only way you break up Stamkos and Point is if you put one of them on the top line and keep the other in the bottom six. I think that's the only way to do it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that if Stammer is healthy, we see him playing top six left wing. Um just because he's been familiar with that position since the last Olympics, you know, he's been playing a lot of wing in Tampa um, because, you know, he's been blessed. It's going to help the longevity of his career as well. Like with the fact that he's not playing center nearly as much as he usually would in a normal situation where he doesn't have all this amazing talent surrounded by him or surrounding him, you know? So yeah, now we're going to move on to the fun part. Um, this is the thing like this, this has been my baby, um, constructing a team USA roster. Um, you guys know, do I, do I get to do my team Canada roster or actually? Yes. Neil, I'm so Ooh. sorry. Do yeah. your team say, Canada wait, wait, do I get, I was going to yeah, say, man. am I just here to critique all of you? And this? no, 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 <laughs> I, I just, I, I completely just like, I know, I know you badly want to get to team USA. I, I understand. Oh, I We're all excited. Let's, Let's do it. I, I deal with mostly, you know, guys that live in Canada, you know, at the Hockey Pod Network. So it's nice yeah. for once to be able to talk to some USA guys <laughs> that we can actually talk a little bit of that. But um, definitely mine's similar to Peyton's where there is some controversy like left there. But like it, it's 
it's more like, do you call it controversy? Really? It's more of just preference. So on my first line, I have McKinnon, McDavid, and Marner. That's the first line. I have uh, Marchand, Crosby, and Patrice Bergeron, like, um, like Peyton said, on the wing. That was the only thing. I know this sounds ridiculous, but I've kind of wondered if Crosby could play the wing if they wanted to play Bergeron in the middle. I don't know. I feel like that would look weird if you saw Crosby um, on the wing. I don't know if that would be something that he could like make work, but they may, they probably won't do that because they don't want to, they don't want to screw it up. Um, Jonathan Huberto, I have on the third line with Braden Point and Mark Stone. Um, I like stick, I like sticking because here's the thing. I believe Braden Point is the old, is the youngest of those three. I think I want to say so. Um, and I don't think Braden, and Braden Point wasn't there. I don't think any three of those guys were in 2014. I, if I'm if I'm mistaken, but I like having the two veterans with a younger guy in the middle. I've always been a fan of that because I feel like that just creates um, good chemistry to kind of help like, you know, Braden Point be that because Point and Stone are more goal scorers. Huberdeau is really good at distributing the puck and having those two guys along with Huberdeau, I think just makes the chemistry work. And then the last thought I have is John Tavares, Sean Couturier and Steven Stamkos. I think Stamkos makes it, but I don't think that they would feel comfortable sticking him on top six because again with like scotty said he's injury prone he may be dealing with a minor injury by the time we get to february and they may say we'll put you on the team but we're not going to give you heavy minutes and also don't think for a second that some nhl teams who have these players that are going to be going are not going to be talking to team canada saying hey can you put them on like can you put this guy in like the third or fourth line maybe not give him so many minutes because we're trying to you know, we're, we're trying to keep him healthy for the playoffs. I, I feel like you'll see that. I feel like you will. Um, and then I also um, have, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's like two extra. I put two extras. I could be wrong about doing this, but I had Mark Shifley and Matt Barzell as my two potential um, guys that could be extras. They may do it that way. I'm not sure. Um, Barzell really is kind of like Mackenzie Blackwood where it's like, it's up in the air. Like he could do it. But the thing about Barzell is that he does have a nose for the goal. He has a knack for scoring. But is it consistent? That's my question. Because there are times where he looks great and other times where he goes very quiet, particularly in the postseason. Now, that doesn't really have anything to do with Team Canada, but that was something. And also, again, the balance of youth and veterans is what I was trying to go with. I wanted Team Canada to have a balance of both because I feel like that would just make it this a better um a better team not just i'm not talking about having the most talented team having the best overall team with chemistry and guys who know what's going on um as far as defense goes i like shade theodore and alex petrangelo together on that top line i think that they've had good chemistry in vegas and shade theodore is a guy that i think is going to win a um a norris trophy in, in before his career is over i think he's that good um, I think he's developed super well in Vegas. Uh, I have Shabbat because uh, we talked about it before. I think Shabbat makes it to that second pairing. I think they're going to pair him with Kale McCarr. I think having those two young guys together is really, really good. Morgan Riley, um, I dropped him because same thing with that Scotty said. I kind of dropped him afterwards when I heard today because we don't know what his injury is going to be like long term. So I, I replaced Morgan Riley with Aaron Eckblad and I paired him with uh, Dougie Hamilton. And I actually put Bo and Byron as my extra. I think that they want, because again, 
in 2026, it's going to be very young. They want him to, to be there and be like, watch how they do it, learn from that, and use that moving forward when you come back in four years. Because, you know, I think that would be important. And then with regards to goaltenders, I have Carey Price, Marc-Andre Fleury, and I have um, Mackenzie Blackwood. Because I think it really – because Darcy Kemper, I think, will get more of a look because now he's in Colorado. And they'll say, you know, he might be on a good team. And also, you know, he ha- he'll have McKinnon. And McKinnon might put in a good word to Team Canada to say, hey, I think you got to take a look at this guy. And again – it's all about do they want to go with more of a veteran goaltending situation or do they want to have at least one young guy to kind of go from there? Blackwood, I feel like, because I think in the future, I think in 2026, you'll have Blackwood and you'll have Carter Hart as your top two goaltenders for Team Canada. And I think Jordan Bennington is, is also in that discussion as well. I don't think Bennington gets a look this year because I think St. Louis is going to be suspect and Bennington really has kind of dropped off since that. Um since his first year. And that kind of makes you wonder, like, is he legit? Like, is he a legit, you know, starting goaltender in this league? Because if you remember in the bubble, how many times did Jake Allen come in for Bennington in the playoffs? He came in from several times. And that was a problem that Bennington was struggling against Vancouver and not being able to make solid saves when he needed to. But I think that they'll want to have some of those young guys like a, like a bone Byram, like a Blackwood, um, you know, like, a you know, potentially a uh, Matt Barzell to say, you guys are part of the next generation of Team Canada. We want you guys to come. You're just probably not going to play as much or if at all, but we want you guys to learn, see how we run things here, learn from this experience and be ready to be part of the main core moving forward, going in, starting in 2026. So that's, that is how I orchestrated um, my, my roster. The only guy that I didn't mention that I feel like, because I look at some of the forwards that could be left off. Um, you mentioned, um, I think Doug mentioned Bo Horvat. One of you mentioned Bo Horvat. I think, Scotty, that was you, right? You mentioned Bo Horvat. Here's another name that I think might surprise people. Taylor Hall, possibly. I know he's in Boston. Don't forget. Could he, with his smooth skating and his speed on the left, on the wings, do they maybe potentially look at that and say, we want to have some speed? Taylor And Taylor Hall is not a main guy. You could put him on the fourth line and he'll do just fine. You can put him on the second line like they did in Boston and he's doing just fine. He's not a leader. He's a follower. But they may want that because they already have leadership at the top six with, McK- with McKinnon, McDavid, um, Crosby, Patrice Bergeron, guys like that. But that's basically my roster it's a balance between um you know experience but also uh youth with some inexperience as well i like it i like it a lot i'm very glad that you brought up bone byram as the extra because when i was constructing my roster i was thinking about it and i was like there might be one or two people that think I'm insane for saying bone byram deserves to make team canada at this point in his life in his career but Um, I really think that that's where they're at. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that's going to be the most controversial is goaltending, to be honest with you, Mm. because you can go any way. Um, you know, right. I, I left flower off just simply because I didn't think that they were going to go that route, but, um, you know, there's going to be people who are going to be outraged because 
Carter Hart or Jordan Bennington didn't make the roster or both didn't make the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, at the beginning of their careers, they had all the traction in the world to be at this, at these Olympic games, but these past two years have not been kind to either of them and they've completely right. just fallen off the rocker a bit and they need to just reassess and go. Um, I love the idea of Taylor Hall going into a bottom six role. It's just a matter of where do you put them and who do you take off for it? Um, you right. know, I can, I could see them taking off Shifley because they already have so many centers to begin with. I mean, they're going to have centers playing wing for goodness sake. And, you know, Stamkos, I was just thinking about this, you know, what really are you going to have him there for other than the fact that he's been there before? Because like, if you have him in a bottom six role, he's probably just going to be a power play specialist, you know, be one of those guys on either the second or top unit, top or second unit. And just kind of, he's just going to be there. He's just going to be a body. So like, if you could bring in Taylor Hall as a difference maker, I'd be all for that. Um, And Taylor Hall can play both the left and the right side. Exactly. And they may look at that and say, do we want to have a guy or two that can play on both sides, play different mm-hmm. positions to kind of change up? Because they also may be looking at it like, you're not going to have the same lineup for every single game in the right. Olympics. Exactly. You're going to have a game plan for every team. And mm-hmm. as the Olympics go along, and once you get into the elimination round, you're going to have things that you're going to want to change. So yes. you might as well have some guys that you'd say, well, he does play on the left, but he could also play on the right. And we've seen before this year that he can play pretty well on the right side and that's where that whole training camp for like a week is going to be really important because then they'll be able to really figure out what makes the most amount of sense Mm -hmm. yeah i agree you know and i think i don't think sid on the wing is off the table either um that's something that i would would be so weird i'm not against it it just just seeing him on that like on the right side or left side just it would be a very interesting thing to say well you know that's that's the whole one of the main reasons that old chick got fired right that's a good point kept playing sit on the wing um and the last time the last time he did it internationally he hasn't done it in 17 or 18 years it was the 05 world junior championship where um canada won the gold medal um during Mm. during the lockout year it was bergeron it was Sid Bergeron and Clark MacArthur on the top, on that top unit. So I don't know. I'm kind of like, Neil, I'm kind of weird. If you haven't noticed, I'm like that, like I'm, Crosby I'm historian. It is yeah, what it yeah, is. I'm, I'm noticing. I'm noticing. It's awesome. But uh, we're going to move on now to team USA. Um, cannot wait to talk about this with everybody. Um, just I'm going to just leave. get a medal. I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Get just get a medal, medal and I'll be happy. But uh, like if we win gold, that's like unbelievable. But if we finish with like silver, I'm honestly not going to be upset because I'll yeah. just be like, okay, like we did better than we did in 2014 and also in 2018. So can't exactly. complain. Now, let me tell you, if they, if they win gold, that will be way more important to me than any Stanley Cup win that i've ever witnessed um but we're gonna we're gonna get into this now i'm gonna lead off with my team usa and then we'll go around and you know we'll talk and we'll debate um 
my top line for Team USA, Jake Gensel, Austin Matthews, Patrick Kane. You couldn't help but put Jake Jake and Bake on the first line. I love couldn't it. Couldn't help it, dude. I couldn't help it. But I think it makes it more balanced as we de- get deeper into it. Second okay. line is Gaudreau, Eichel, and Alex Dabrinkit. Okay. Third line, Kyle Connor, Dylan Larkin, Matthew Kachuk. Fourth line, Brady Kachuk, Brock Nelson, Brian Rust. Brian and then Rust. your third. Yeah, your 13th skater is Jack Hughes. On defense, you have Jacob Slavin and Adam Fox, Zach Wierenski and John Carlson, Jacob Chikrin and Charlie McAvoy, and your 7th D is Quinn Hughes. Now, before we move on, I just want to say, we might have an interesting scenario take place here with Jacob Chikrin. He's dual citizenship between Canada and the and America. And I don't think there's any way that he makes Team Canada um, with the way that defense is constructed at this current moment in time. Yeah, so it's like soccer. He's got dual citizenship. He's gonna test out, he's gonna test the waters. One of the Hall brothers did it. Oh, it's did really? I didn't yeah. know that actually. Yeah, I brought it up on a, on the podcast last week, and uh, Doug is loving this. Doug is loving every second of talking about the about the the the, the possibilities here. I'm I'm all in for it, dude. But like, if Jacob Chikrin comes over comes over to the American side and plays for Team USA, that makes the defense exponentially better. Your seventh D would be Quinn Hughes, like I said. In goal, you probably have the best goaltending tandem of the entire tournament in John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck. And my extras are JT Miller, Brian Dumoulin, and one of Thatcher Demko or Spencer Knight. Possibilities are endless. I think, you know, I like taking the Mackenzie Blackwood angle and giving Spencer Knight that third spot as in the, this is going to be your thing. You're going to be the goalie of the future. And I think having two weeks to work with Ryan Miller would do wonders for him. I think that that would be something that would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, And I'll be honest with you. I just really want to see him make Team USA because I really, really like Spencer Knight. Fair enough. So what do you guys think? I think you're selling really high on Jake Gensel. (laughs) You think? You think it's that high? Jake Gensel is not a first. Jake Gensel is not a first line left winger on I mean, this team. Jake Gensel will probably make the team, but to stick him on the first line is kind of like wishful thinking. What if we flip yeah. him and Kyle? And also, Connor? also Brian Rust. Dude, listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Rust. That fourth line needs to be gritty. It needs to be grindy. I think you you have at least on the American side, you have a very good bunch of guys who are highly skilled forwards that also play like grinders. And I think Brian Russ can occupy that right wing spot. And we also have to keep in mind that most of the coaching staff and the GM has connections to Pittsburgh and they've all coached Brian Russ at some point or another. Yeah, and John Hines is not going to do anything. 
just just hearing the fact that he was one of the coaches made me want to throw up. That's not even that's not even I don't even know how you decide that. How do you think we felt? Like we we saw it in a news dump and we were just like, wait, are you serious? Like is David wait, David Pauly's the GM, isn't he? No, Bill Garrett's. I was thinking to myself, it was if it was Pauly, I can understand why John Hines is there. I get yeah, no. it. I don't it's, get why he's there. He didn't Bill do Guerin. anything in the World Cup. He didn't do anything in, in junior in the world junior championships when he was when he was doing it. And he certainly didn't do anything with the Devils. And 2017-18 doesn't count because that team won in spite of his coaching. And we tried to beat the Penguins 2.0 and we failed because that's why. They just <laughs> David Quinn as the assistant coach, too. That's highly suspect. That's hilarious to me, by the way. Like, that's hilarious because my question is, what is he doing right now? I have no idea. Like, honestly. He should just become an assistant with somebody. Like, I was literally, like, I'm like, he should just be, like, he wasn't that bad as the range. Like, I don't think he was that bad. He was just there for as long as he was supposed to be. Yeah. He He was not going to be the long-term solution to that team. It reminds me a lot of Mike Sullivan, his first coaching tenure in Boston, where like okay. it was the ideology and the principle was there. It's just he couldn't fully bring it to fruition. Okay. You know, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, if there were openings on Pittsburgh's coaching staff like there was at this time last year, I guarantee you David Quinn's an assistant coach for the Penguins right now. Because and him and Sully are – tight i will i will personally give you a shout out on twitter if jake gensel is on the first line if jake gensel is somehow on the first line of team usa i will just give, wait i will i will i will link this episode and i will say go listen to this because doug called it months ago that jake gensel was gonna make the first line i've been running with this for about six months now Even i think gensel would be a get would would disagree with you himself. I know he would. Probably not. I know. I know. I mean, I'm I'm surprised you didn't like go into the stratosphere over Brian Dumoulin being the extra defenseman. I mean, I'm not against Dumoulin being there. Dumoulin's a veteran guy. I'm not Mm -hmm. against it, but I mean, there are also other options. And again, he's the extra, so it's not like he's going to be playing a whole lot. I mean, yeah. if you had him on, if you had him in the starting lineup, then I would start asking questions again. I'd say, are we sure this is just not Team Pittsburgh? And like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, are we, or are we trying to do a Team North America type of thing where we're just like, just throwing out random guys and just see what happens? Yeah, yeah. I tried to be as unbiased as possible with it, but I, I refuse to stand down from the Jake Gentle on the top line thing. Gensel, Rust, Dumoulin. And you say that you're trying not to be biased. I mean, honestly, man, I think just like the way that I said it, I think that Rust deserves a spot because he's one of those rare guys that plays like a grinder, but also has the um, shooting ability of a pure sniper. You know, Um, I think that, you know, like the goal is to like, Unlike any other 
international, like USA hockey international team we've seen in our lives. The goal is to put out a competent fourth line without stapling guys like Luke Landenning to it. Fair enough. You know, I think that that's just what I'm trying to get at. So, Scotty, are you you ready to go? Sir. So, my first line is going to be Matt Kachuk with Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane. Second line is going to keep be the same as yours, Dougie. I got Goudreau, Eichel, and Debrinkit. Third line is going to be Kyle Connor, Dylan Larkin, and Jake Gensel, probably where he belongs. And fourth line will be Brady Kachuk, JT Miller, and Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, that's not bad. That's oh, okay, okay, Tuck. Scotty. Okay, Alex be- Tuck, give me that. I'll take Alex Tuck on the fourth line. On the back end, we got Zach Wierenski with Adam Fox. I have Tori Krug with Charlie McAvoy, former line mates in Boston, figured they could work out, and Jacob Slavin and John Carlson. And my extras will be Quinn Hughes and Seth Jones. And the goaltending is the same. It's Hellebuck, Gibson, and Spencer Knight. Now, my thing with Team USA, and we've talked about it before, my faith is not there. They're going to pick the right guys. You know, like I would not be shocked at all if they went back to TJ Oshie or James Van Riemsdyk or Paul Stastny or even Cam Atkinson. Hell, I, I, I wouldn't even be shocked if we saw a Joe Pavelski appearance at this point. I wouldn't be shocked if Joe Pavelski showed up. Oh, you may not I, like my, my list then. Like, <laughs> oh. Well, like, yeah, I mean, I could totally see them trying to bring, like, the 2010 team back or the 2014 team back. Like, I, that wouldn't shock me in the least. You mean you know? the 2014 team that lost in the bronze medal game that we all yeah. thought that they actually had a chance? I could see Billy Guerin going that route, and it wouldn't shock me in the least. Fair enough. But what do we think? I like, I like Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck is – I, I, I agree with you. No, that got me fi- – no, no. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Doug. I, I, know, I know that you want Gensel on that first line, but Gensel does belong on, like, the third line, if we're going to be honest. But having, like, Alex Tuck as that power forward on the fourth line, not only can he score, but he's physical. Like, you were talking about Doug having some grit. That's, that's a good guy right there. I really, I really like that. And one more thing I want to say, too, with the Chuck Matthews thing, um, pretty sure they were line mates on the uh, on the development team back in the day, whenever they were both younger. So if you want to go off chemistry, you have that right there. So Fair enough. <sighs> I like well, it. All right, um, so, Peyton, do you have more controversy for me? Yes, and you're not uh, going to like it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to like it. You're Why? not going to like it. I'm gonna Why, say the because first John Hines was the one that put together the lines. I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say the first word. I'm gonna say the first name. You're already gonna not like it. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Gensel Matthews Kane. What is with you guys in this situation? Listen, listen. I wholeheartedly believe this man can keep up on the first line. Jake Jake Gensel is the shit <laughs> like okay. i'm sorry but he he is like it's not even about keeping up it's just about having better options i think that's what it comes down to and i'm okay. not against is a good player but i mean all right hear me out there we go here's the rest of the roster <laughs> gaudreau eichel and brock besser okay then we got kyle connor dylan larkin and alex to 
And then we have both Kachuk brothers centered by Christian Dvorak. Christian Dvorak. Yes, sir. Honestly, with him going to uh, Montreal, that's actually not bad because he might actually do well there. Mm -hmm. And that might help his case. So I can see that. Uh, your extra skater would be Brian Lewis on defense. He tried to slip that in there like I wasn't <laughs> going to hear him say that, too. What is this? You got, you got Jacob Slavin and Adam Fox, Zach Rowenski and Brent Pesci, Noah Hannafin and Jacob Chikrin. Noah Hannafin's on your team. Noah Hannafin. Wow. Remember when we all thought he was going to be, like, the next, like, great defenseman? Yep. Yeah. Uh, your extra is Quinn Hughes. Well, your seventh defenseman is Quinn Hughes. Uh, in that, you have Gibson and Hellebuck, obviously. Um, your extras are Alex Tuck, Charlie McAvoy, and Thatcher Demfield. In, for, I mean, you you both have Gensel and Russ. Dude, listen, like, I, I can do with Gensel. I like Brian Russ, though. Like, I, I don't get where this Why we're putting Brian Russ against Team Canada. Let's just let's just go with again Team Canada. What we said, you want Brian Russ to have to go up against some of these young players that are going to burn the crap out of him. I mean, I we I mean we get to see him play because he's obviously in Pittsburgh, but and we we've seen some tremendous things from Brian Russ over the years, and you know I. I I think he can. I mean, he's not even on my line. He's just my 13th skater. But because you could slot him anywhere. He doesn't have to yeah. play top six minutes. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. I mean, I'll just say it. Brian Russ is getting cooked in international play if he tries. That's all I'm saying. I just I think don't. That. I think even Brian Russ knows that himself. Yeah. Yes. You guys can do that. But I've had a change of heart. I like Alex Tuck on the fourth line. Oh my god! Oh, tonight he jumped on the bandwagon. No, no. So like, <laughs> I, I listen. I completely forgot about Alex Tuck, and then, um, you guys were talking about him playing fourth line, and I'm like, that makes a whole hell of a lot more sense, you know, because it's basically just three power forwards bunched together, just ready to wreak havoc and kill you. Fair enough. So, yeah. All right. What do you got, Neil? I got a little bit of controversy, but it's on the fourth line, actually. So it's it's more like that. But my first line is Kyle Connor, Austin Matthews, and Patrick Kane. Um, Matthew Kachuk, Jack Eichel, and Alex Dabrinkin on the second line. Johnny Gaudreau, and I know Scotty said this before, and I kind of like revealed it, but I, I do have Joe Pavelski on the third line. Um, and Brock Besser. I like Brock Besser. And then this is where I might get in trouble. We'll see. Max Pacioretty, Jack Hughes, and Blake Coleman. Mm. Blake Coleman. Ooh, okay. And my extra is Brady Kachuk. But you can literally flip. You can literally flip Coleman and, and Brady Kachuk if you wanted to. So it's really a, it's really a preference. I um, don't hate Blake Coleman. But the reason that I put Blake Coleman is the same reason that Scotty put um alex tuck blake coleman 
while he has grown very much as a scorer, very, very, he's a super clutch guy. Guy goes out there and he scores tiny goals. He's also madly physical. He loves to bang the body. He loves to, to make big hits. And we do need, we do need a little bit of grittiness on the bottom six. And you have guys like Joe Pavelski. Brock Besser even could be a pretty physical player himself. Uh, Max Petretti, as he's gotten older, has become more of that physical player. Now, injuries is the thing that's concerning me about Petretti and why he may not be on this team, because is he going to be, you know, fully ready to go? Um, and look, Jack Hughes, whether people want to admit it or not, is one of the faces of USA Hockey. It's one of them. He's not the main one, but he's he's one of those guys of that generation that we're all talking about with the talent that we have. He's up there. And this is that year where I think he's really going to start taking off as a player because of the added talent that he has around him and that you saw from his first year to his second year, he got better. May not be necessarily statistic-wise, but you saw, you know, especially for me watching him every single game, he got better and better and better. And he's going to put on more weight this year Hopefully he doesn't lose it again like he did when he when COVID hit him. But I do believe that Jack Hughes, they want to play him. I do believe Team USA is going to be too tempted to not have him play. I think they want him to play. Um, and then having Blake Coleman, again, like I said, he has speed too. You have Hughes and Coleman on the same line, speed with grittiness on the left side with Max Pacioretty. And granted, they're all left, left-handed shooters, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It can work. It can work. And Pacioretty's better on the left than he is on the right because that's the way I look at it. So that's my forwards. As far as my defense, I have Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy, Jacob Slavin and Zach Wierenski, Quinn Hughes and Seth Jones, and my extra is John Carlson. So that's John Carlson again, veteran presence. They kind of, I think Team USA would like to have a little bit of veteran presence if they can get it. Um, even if it means they might sacrifice somebody else. But I think that that's the way that they want to go. And then the goaltending, again, there really isn't much debate on this, really, considering who we have. But Connor Hellebuck, John Gibson, and for me, I'm kind of with Doug. I like Spencer Knight. I really, really like Spencer Knight. And I think that it's nothing against Thatcher Demko, because Demko is also very good. But Spencer Knight, the way that he came into Florida, and the way that even just a little bit, even in that playoffs, he looked like a guy that was ready to take over the reins right now. And he's already beaten out a guy that Florida paid $9 million per year for that clearly is over the hill. Um, I think that they're going to give Spencer Knight a look. And just like Team Canada, Team USA is going to have some young guys that say, you may not play a whole lot, but here we're giving you the experience so that in 2026, you guys know what it's like and we're ready to go. And we go from there. So that's the way that I have it orchestrated. Any questions? You got Jones over Carlson. Why? I have Jones over Carlson because I don't think Jones is as good as people say that he is. Um, I'm not a big analytics person. I'm really not. I don't talk about it a whole lot. But when I look at it from an analytical perspective, Seth Jones like concerns me particularly on the offensive side. There's nothing wrong with his defensive game. He's a very, he's really good at blocking shots. With his big body frame, he's very good. 
I just think that even though Seth Jones is also considered a veteran player-ish, I just think that they, Team USA speaking, will want to have one type of veteran like John Carlson there. That's the only reason. Other than that, if that wasn't the case, I take out Carlson and I make Seth Jones the extra um, defenseman. That's the only thing I would, uh, that, that's the only reason why I, I didn't include um, Seth Jones. I think there's going to be tough decisions to be made for Team USA. I think they're going to have tough decisions to make. Definitely. Now, my big thing is, do you think that they can have Jack Hughes be the main fourth line center and they be okay and they hold their head above water? I do, because again, when we talk about, and I don't want to just constantly focus on Team Canada, but since we were obviously talking about them, it just makes sense because we don't know yeah. what the other rosters of the other countries is going to look like. But when you look at when you look at Team Canada, they have a, a decent amount of youth on the bottom six. I think that Team USA wants to do the same thing. And I think they want Jack Hughes to gain that experience and gain that leadership. He also is becoming a leader with the New Jersey Devils. He's not the captain, but you can see watching him, the way he talks, the way he presents himself, the way he performs on the ice, he's becoming a leader there. And I think that Team USA wants him to take on a leadership role and take on a major responsibility. And having two, you know, having a veteran like Max Petretti and then also having somebody that he played a little bit with, not a whole lot, but played a little bit with, with Blake Coleman, I think that that would be beneficial for him. You have to, if you're going to have Jack Hughes playing, like actually playing on the fourth line, you need to pair him with two veteran players, guys that have been there before, maybe not necessarily in the Olympics, but you need to have guys that have been there before and can help him. Because mm -hmm. once you give him the confidence that he can do it, he will start to shine. And this is that year. And your Team USA is going to be watching him heavily because he's going to be on that first or second line of the Devils, and he's going to have a lot on his plate with the Devils. Um, and that's kind of the thing you're going to have to look at. And Jack Hughes, I mean, look, if Quinn Hughes is making it, Jack Hughes is getting a big consideration. Yes. that's just, Because at some point, people want to see Quinn, Jack, and Luke all playing to either together or on the, you know, just on the same team. They yes. want to see it. And they, they could get two of the three now and then see how things go in a couple of years with Luke. So that was really the main reason why I had Jack Hughes there. Because I think that they want him to get some experience. But if they don't want him to play as much, then you could take him out, move the lines a little bit, and put Brady Kachuk in there. That's, but again, I think Brady Kachuk also makes it. I think he does make the team, whether it's an yeah. extra or on the, the starting roster. I think he, I think he makes the team. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Um, I think, I think they need to play Jack a lot whenever they do. Like if. Yeah. I, I he's obviously going to make the roster. Um, like you said, he is a also, having Pavelski, face. by the way, the, the big reason that I put Pavelski is okay. one, he's been there before, you know, mm -hmm. he, he's been there before too. He is the best player in the world when it comes to deflecting pucks in front of the net. There is nobody to me, there is nobody better other than, I mean, Sidney Crosby does do it pretty well. Um, but how many times is Crosby really in front of the net? And the that's, thing is, that's kind of the thing. Sid has that reputation because every time he does it, it's something that's just absolutely insane. Right. And yeah. I, and I, and I, and look, Crosby's going to obviously be on probably the top line with Team Canada. The, the reason that 
you have to look at it from the perspective of you also have to make sure your whole team is balanced, even on special teams. Pavelski is really good on that power play. You stick him right in front of the net with his physical play. He's, he's very good. I watched him in San Jose for years where they would set it up where either they would have somebody behind the net and Pavelski would be standing in the slot and he'd kind of mm-hmm. creep to the left a little bit and they'd make a pass and he'd kind of one-time it in. Very good. Or you have good puck moving defensemen, which you certainly have with Team USA, guys who can throw the puck on net. Pavelski is very good at getting his stick out and deflecting. He's very, very good at it. So that's kind of the main reason that that's the main reason I have Pavelski in there. And I can understand why Pavelski may not make it because of his age. And again, he was also dealing with injury last year. Is he going to deal with it again this year? Potentially. We don't know how mm-hmm. good the stars are going to be. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. And the season hasn't even started yet. Exactly. And like you said, with the tipping pucks and the deflections, that's why I like the potential of Alex Tuck um, being there as well because he can be your net front guy on one of the power play units and really help contribute in that department while still being a part of that fourth line. That's going to terrorize people, you know? Um, But I think obviously it's way too early. Um, You know, we got to factor in injuries. Guys can just straight up decline going to the Olympics if they want to. And, you know, there is still a chance that Bill Guerin completely (laughs) – just destroys the roster. <laughs> like there's still a chance that like something atrocious happens where it's like Sam that- Bowman is still involved. Um, Sam Bowman's going to have a lot to say too. So that's, that's the thing that concerns Mike me. Sullivan may easily be forced to play TJ Oshie as a top six winner. Being Mike Sullivan's going to be forced to play uh, Seth Jones in the top six D group. And that makes me very, very upset. Okay. I'm not a, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to be disappointed. Not all. Listen, Neil. None of us are Seth Jones people. I'm not. I, I'm like, I don't think Seth Jones is a bad player by any means. It's just that no. the amount of money that Chicago gave him, considering that Bowman said on record that they are trying, that they were more focused on rebuilding than really continuing to move forward, and then he does a complete 180 by trading for Seth Jones, signing him to a long-term deal, and then making the pretty smart move, in my opinion, to acquire Marc-Andre Fleury for literally nothing. Yeah. I don't know what they want to do. I can't – I think Chicago is going to be a fun team to watch. I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch with the potential that they have. Mm -hmm. It's just about, you know – is Seth Jones really worth the nine and a half or whatever it is, million dollars he's getting? I mean, Dougie Hamilton got less. And I think right. Dougie Hamilton is a better defenseman than Seth Jones. Yes. Everybody got infatuated with Seth Jones because of literally one game. And that was in the bubble when he played 40 minutes. That was literally the thing that, that nobody was talking about Seth Jones that much until he played 40 minutes in a game. And that exactly. was it. I knew Seth Jones was good. Right. He was good when he, he was good in Columbus, but even Blue Jacket fans will tell you that giving him that much money is a risk. It made more sense for the Blue Jackets to give that money to Zacharensky, and they're only paying him for the years that he's going to be good. Chicago literally just gave him a blank check and said, whatever you want, just sign it. 
and they went as far as trading for his brother. Yes. And I don't even know if his brother, I don't even know if his brother's going to make the team right away, which, which I don't, which I don't get. But I think Seth Jones is good enough to make Team USA. I think it would be, you know, but again, like I said, with Carlson, they might say we want a more veteran player. I think Seth Jones at the end of the day is probably making the team. I just hope it's like on the bottom defensive pairing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and really, I think there's a lot of comparables between Seth Jones and Drew Doughty where they're good defensemen. Like there's no doubt that they are good at the defensive side of the puck, but they just make too much money and make way too much money. they make way too much money. And everybody in the national media market loves to overhype, them. you know, and I mean, Neil hit it right on the head. Like literally he paid, played 40 minutes in the bubble and every, the next day people were trying to canonize him as the best defenseman in the world. Like everybody was ready to just throw that boat down the river and let it sink. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it was something else. It was something else. The amount of, uh, (laughs) the amount of hype he got all of a sudden, which was like, same with Dubois. Yeah, Dubois is not as good as you as people thought. Same thing with um, I remember when Dezingle got traded, and yeah. everybody was like going up in arms about like Ryan Dezingle this, and I'm like, <sighs> Ryan Dezingle is now like bottom six, and sometimes he doesn't even he gets like a healthy scratch. So I don't, I don't even know what is he in Carolina now? Carolina, I think yeah. I think so, yeah. No, 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 he got traded back to Ottawa. Oh, he went back to Ottawa. Oh, yeah, he got traded back, back to Ottawa. Ottawa. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I heard somebody, by the way, say in some comment that they said, um, what if like, like they were like, so I think someone asked like, give me your hottest take for Team Canada. And I was just interested to see like what people would say. Okay. Obviously, you guys had some pretty interesting ones. Uh, Brian, you know, just um, well, never mind. We'll just keep going. Uh, <laughs> someone said... <laughs> Someone said, if he makes an NHL team, Alex Galchenyuk. And I was like, well, if there's about 10 or 15 guys that get hurt, (laughs) I can see it. But he's not even on a team right now. I don't know. It was very interesting. And I think it was from a Leaf fan. I'm I'm pretty positive of that. Oh, my God. That's brutal. That's brutal. I like Galchenyuk. For the player that he is now, I actually oh, yeah. like the player that he is now. He's actually pretty good as a bottom six, like forward. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, there'd have to be a lot of crap that happens between now and January for Galchenyuk to be considered. Like, if you asked me when he was drafted, okay, we can have a discussion because he was a top pick, but you know, he's played on like six teams including Pittsburgh, and it didn't work out in Pittsburgh as far as I remember um, <laughs> at all, which is fine. I mean, it's going to end up like Brian Boyle. It's going to be the same thing. Um, I still don't get the Brian Boyle move. I mean, I like Brian Boyle. I always thought like, he came to the Devils and he was great for us. I yeah. don't think he's I don't think he's that same Brian Boyle. No, I wanted to go Zach instead. The reason why I took a chance on him was because him and Stully were together in New York. Truthfully, and apparently, yeah, that's a good point. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it, 
that's the only guess I could have as to why they yeah. no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I just I'm just really excited for the Olympics. Just just the fact that we have NHL players going. Now, again, it could all go to hell because COVID could happen and the NHL decides at the last minute we're not doing this and then we could all be upset. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that the NHL players will be like, I'm signing up for this. If I get invited, I'm going. Um, and I just, it wasn't like I didn't, like we didn't get good hockey in 2018. It's just that when you know, you know it's bad when Germany made the final. Mm-hmm. I'm not knocking Germany. But the fact that Marco Stern, the head coach of Team Germany, guided Germany, Germany, to the gold medal game against literally ex-NHL players. Datsuk, Kovalchuk, it's someone else that escapes me. Uh, They had Nikita Gusev before the Devils uh, got him. They have Kirill? They had Kirill. Yeah. On the fourth line. Uh, that's insane. That is that is insane. And I think Kirill will be on a top six line this Olympics, and I'm very yeah. scared about that. Actually, Team Russia really scares me because I have no idea because I know what they can do. Yeah. And then you know who else scares me that's pretty underrated? Sweden. Sweden's always been underrated. Their goaltending Sweden, is going Sweden to be Sweden has always phenomenal. been underrated, yeah. Yeah, their goaltending is gonna be nuts. I wonder. I wonder if Sweden would just have a have a uh, moment of insanity and say, "I wonder if Lundqvist would play in the Olympics," and not, <laughs> just like don't not, play all of the, the NHL, but play in the Olympics. He, he didn't retire from hockey. He retired from the NHL. It's like you want to be the third goalie just for wanna, uh, name name recognition. You just want to win another uh, silver medal. You want to yeah. you want to turn the clock back to Turin in 06 and try to make, you know. Someone said, by the way, I saw that they said, I'm waiting for the day that both the Sedin twins are the head coaches of Sweden one year. They're both just like on the bench, like behind the bench, just coaching it up. You know who I actually think is going to be a fun team to watch? They may not be ultra competitive, but like Team Switzerland, I feel like is another underrated team. Okay. They have, you know, obviously Nico's the number one guy. He is the face of Swiss hockey. That they're, I don't, well, no, that, you know, you can make an argument because you do have Roman Yossi. I will say that you do have Roman mm-hmm. Yossi and you do have Kevin Fiala. So I don't want to, I don't want to knock those guys because those guys are phenomenal players. Yeah. Um, the fun thing for me about Switzerland is that they always have a goalie that just somehow becomes like really good. Like I interviewed, um, like last year I had a chance to interview Jonas Hiller. Um, and we talked about his performance in 2014 because he was literally the best goaltender in the Olympics statistically speaking like he was really good like he was the talk of olympic hockey and it's just switzerland's a fun country to watch play hockey them and like latvia latvia is fun to watch um i was hoping belarus made it because um sharon govich would have actually been the captain of belarus which would have been like really awesome to see just from a devil's perspective yeah definitely uh, belarus is is still a working progress yeah. With hockey. Um, but I don't know. And then you got Finland. I mean, Finland could just come out of nowhere. Finland's four of the groups can be good. Probably, I mean, you got Line A, you got um, I feel like I should know more. Uh, you got Miko Rantanen. You, you do have Rantanen. You have Aho. 
You have a how does Tuka Ra- the question is does Tuka Rask go to the Olympics? We 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 got on this topic a little bit last week. Um and it all really depends on if he's healthy because as it sits right now, he's still sitting waiting out free agency because he may not be ready to go until like February or March. They said he said that well, I think the Bruins said that his surgery is literally like will take up three quarters of the season. So he may not even be fully ready to go by the time the Olympics roll around. So they may not even be looking at him. Yeah. Um, um, I kind of was hoping that Pecorino would play one more season because I think that I think he would have been go- I think he would definitely be like one of the two guys. Mm-hmm. Um UC Saros too. UC Saros, but that would have been awkward for Rene to once again have to play with UC Saros. I know. Um, but uh, there was actually, there's two goaltenders that we haven't talked about that are that could potentially make Olympic teams. Askarov with Russia, he very well could. And Sorokin. Yeah. And Sorokin as well, which is not fair. Just you're really forgetting not about Igor. Fair. What's up? Oh, and y- Igor. Right. Igor, oh my God. Um, and... Uh, and Jesper Wallstead, who I'm so high on. Yes. I was I was asking the devil because the devils had two picks in the first round this year. I was begging the devils to trade up because he was there at like 20. And I'm like, he's not that far away. You can take him. You get Quint, Luke Hughes and Jesper Wallstead in the first round. The rest of the draft, you can do whatever you want with. Because I know the yeah. devils were going to take a goalie. They always take a goalie every year. Mm-hmm. Why not take a guy that would drop out of the top 15. And, but I think, uh, oh, I forgot who took him. Minnesota took him. Yeah, Minnesota. Good because Kapo, oh, and Kapo Kakinen for Finland, possibly. Yeah, I was going to say Kapo Kakinen and Kapo Kako. Yeah. I want that. Yeah, I want that. I want to see that in the Olympics. I want to see Kako and Kakinen both on the team. I think they're, no, they're both, they're definitely both Finnish. They're definitely both Finnish. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But there's a lot of fun. Like there are other teams, there's other countries that are also good. Like there's going to be just a lot of tough decisions in general. There's going to be good players that are going to be left out. Germany's like, going to be interesting too. Germany's going to, their main guy is what? Drysaddle, right? Drysaddle. Be Drysaddle, Stutzla, and then they'll have Grubauer and Net. But then that's about it. But they might be able KHL like, upset someone. Right. And then we get KHL players. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Which, which is also fun. I'm trying to tell people, if you haven't watched the KHL, you should. Yeah. And you're going to know some of the, you're going to learn about some of these guys. Yeah. Um, and there was one kid, I think he's a 2023 um, potential pick. It's a Russian kid. Matt Vinichkov. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly would not be shocked if he was like one of the last guys made the Russian national team. I think that they actually agree. think about it. Because he's what? He had like what? Almost ten points through his first like two three games this season. Yeah. Like he was oh, he was already rocking and rolling, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like the Russians are going to be so good in like two years. They're just going to be so good, and um, and that'll be the first time that we get to see hockey on NBC again for the first time in oh, almost a year because we'll be on ESPN and TNT. TNT, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be interesting. Inside it's the NHL. We're going to get inside the NBA hockey edition. You're, you already know, like, they're going to use Gretzky as, like, the Charles Barkley. It's going to be. Who's going to be the Shaq? We're going to put Mario, Mario Lemieux on the other side, and let's just, oh my God. just have that debate. Oh, boy. Yeah. I just don't see those guys being 
nearly as entertaining as Shaq and Chuck. Like, no chance. No, I mean, no disrespect to hockey people, but we don't have a whole lot. I mean, they got to – I don't know if Don Cherry is doing anything right now. I really don't. But if ESPN could find a way or TNT could find a way to convince him, having him just in general to an American fan base – Americans will love the hell out of this guy. If he comes out as advertised as he is having him come out talking crap about like different countries with their hockey players would be the funniest thing. People would go nuts to, to see that. And also John Tortorella, well, Tortorella's back, but Tortorella went to, you go to TSN. Did he go back to TSN? Yeah. I think he went back to TSN. Yeah. I think he did. Yeah. So, you know, that, um, PSN is going to have a field day with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, give me Don Cherry and Barry Melrose on the same panel oh, and just let hell freeze over. I hope, I hope nobody's thinking Mike Melberry. I, that's all I'm hoping for. I don't think, I think, you know, he's, he's been out of the fold. Pierre took a job with the, with an NHL team for a reason. Forgot about I'm so that. glad we don't have to deal with Pierre. I'm so glad. Yeah. Pierre is Pierre is a character. He's interesting. But um interesting. you really think Jesper Wallstead can make Sweden? I think he can. I do. I, I, I like him can. as the number three goalie. I think I think he's number two. I think he's number mm. two. I think he's That's that good. Me. But again, I like it. He's playing, he's still playing overseas. I don't mm-hmm. think he's coming to the NHL this year. I think he said that. I'm not sure. Yeah. We I we knew about Askarov. We knew he was definitely not coming over, even yeah. if he got like no matter where he got drafted, he wasn't coming over. But as far as Wallstedt, I don't know. Like, I I do think that Sweden wants to have him in some capacity with that much talent. But again, with everybody that we talked about, especially the guys that are on the bubble, it's all about how they perform once the season starts. Mm-hmm. And I think in Jesper's case, I think the season already started. I could be wrong about that because I know because I know most of the European leagues already started. Yeah, I think the um, I think the SHL did start. So yeah. I'm a I'm a but I'm a big Jesper Wallstead guy. Like I really I love he has the perfect frame. He's the perfect goal. He's six foot four or five. He's very <laughs> tall, very wide in the net. He's so good. Yeah. Minnesota's gonna have Minnesota's gonna have so much help and goal. When he comes over, they're gonna be they're gonna be a unit. Whenever I don't know why Nashville didn't jump on that, and think because like I know you got Soros, like and I know Soros can be your number one guy. They drafted a scare off. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's a good point. That's why that's why they probably didn't. That's the only reason they. I love how Edmonton didn't want to draft Wallstead, so they just traded their pick away. I was surprised Detroit took Sebastian Kosa over him. Too. Like, I think there's a goaltender in their system that they really like. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Again, guys, might remember this year was so difficult with drafting it with and evaluating players. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Wallstead would have gone higher if we had had like a legit season and people could have scouted him. I think yeah. he would have gone higher. That's why I was shocked that he went like what twentieth, twenty first. It was like, yeah, he's the best goalie in the in this draft, and he went that low. And I, 
I think the biggest example of like guys like that are going to be that fell victim to the whole scouting lack of scouting is uh, I think Atu Roddy is still going to be a stud. You know, I fact, think the that fact he, that the Devils could have easily drafted him was really frustrating. But I, the draft is such a crapshoot that I don't get mad. I don't get mad at any pick. Like when we drafted Chase Stillman, I didn't get mad at all. Everybody else mm-hmm. is like, this is the worst pick ever. And I'm like, how? How do we know he's going to be at? We don't know he he's going to be, be decent. Bad. Yeah, he might be decent. You know, you I want to grind. We can have grinders on this team. I don't really get why we couldn't have that. I was like, we drafted Blake Coleman in like the sixth round and nobody said anything. Exactly. So why exactly. we just drafted Blake Coleman 2.0. Yeah. You know, and with the Penguins, man, I wanted them to like have a day two trade in place where they'd send Marcus they have a draft. for a I second. I feel like they had, they had no picks. Or was that Toronto? Somebody didn't have a lot of picks. Was it Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pittsburgh didn't have a lot of picks at all. The only you know like, Toronto had like what four or three? That's all they had. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But um, we're gonna get ready and wrap this up here. Yeah. Um, talking nonsense now, dude. We but that's the thing, man. I know you can talk. I know you like to talk. So we'll definitely yep. have you. you can ask on. any of the boys at uh, the Hockey Pod Network. Um, you got to get on. You got to get on my boy Shane Ryan, who I think actually Dude. replied. He and I, because he's Canadian, I'm American. If you yeah. get us both in the same room and ask us, all right, debate who's better, USA or Canada? It's a fun hour. It's a fun hour. I think, love, I think if you want if you want an entertaining hour of laughter, just hit us up both, and we'll, we'll both come on, and it'll be it'll be an absolute uh, it'll be an absolute um, you know insane time it's we'll keep that in mind for sure yeah we'll keep that in mind for sure because i definitely want to have you back on so you got any neil before you go do you have anything coming up with devil state of mind um you got anything coming yeah um you know obviously you know this is going to be my second full season and basically like legit first full season doing devil state of mind Uh, i started back in june of 2020 2020 so i've been doing it for now (laughs) Thing. And, I, and I do it all. You know, I, I record, I edit, I do all the social media stuff. I, I do it all. So, I mean, when you're talking to Devil State of Mind, you're talking to me. That's literally who you're talking to. But, um, you know, I've been doing top five lists the last couple of weeks. I just posted a new episode today, actually. Top five best Devil's goalies of all time. These lists were tough because there's not always a whole lot of guys, but it makes for interesting pieces. But I'm going to get into some national, uh, well, the uh, Premier Hockey League, or what was the NWHL. I'm going to get into some stuff about that because I want I want to talk about that. Um, you know, with obviously uh, training camp starting in less than two weeks, we're going to start talking about news that we're going to get because we're going to get a lot of news and a lot of updates as yeah. things go along. Um, I'm planning on doing a Devil State of Mind Fantasy Hockey League on Yahoo. So if anybody is interested when I post the link, uh, you know, you can join. I think I'm going to do like 10 teams because if I do more than 10, I, I don't know if I can keep up with everybody doing, doing this many, but we'll see. Yeah. I just want to get people involved. But other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And if you want, you could also follow me on my personal Twitter at The NVP Show, T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at NVPQB11. And uh, I'm also one of the broadcasters for the Pro Tech Ducks of the Eastern Hockey League. Um, it's a junior hockey team. Uh, we actually, our season starts this upcoming Friday. Uh, we have media day actually tomorrow. 
Um, and then we start the season and we're going to be on hockey TV all season long. So if you have hockey TV, go check out the pro tech ducks. You'll see myself and my good friend, Jimmy Finizzi, uh, calling some hockey games. Our first game is this Friday and hockey season is back and it's going to be a long and very fun season. I can't wait. And again, thank you guys so much for having me on today. Uh, this was so much fun. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. So thank you, Neil, for coming on. Um, as always, guys, this was another episode of For Checking TV. Be, for, be sure to follow us on Twitter at For Checking TV. Subscribe to us on YouTube and get us and find us wherever you get your podcast from. All right, guys, thank you and good night.